Welcome to the Paradigm Shift, broadcasting on Brisbane's 4ZZZ FM 102.1 on Fridays at noon. We look at and challenge our society's current concepts, values, assumptions and practices. We show possible and existing alternative ways of being and doing. We are informed by the urgent need for social justice in our world. Workers of all countries unite. for the First Nations people. This is going on the Nami. Justice 
in this white democracy When you can execute us without a trial While we're held in custody
loves some fish Cause it's you that I love And it's true that I love And it's love not given lightly But I knew this was love And it's you that I love And it's more than what it might be I need your body
You're listening to 4ZZZ Independent Community Radio. Subscribe supported. If you want to help keep this station going, uh, financial contributions always welcomed. Uh, you can do that via uh, just a straight-up donation, which tax-deductible or uh, subscribing, which is actually even better because it gets you discounts to a bunch of places around town, but it also makes you a fuller part of the uh, Z community surviving and thriving in uh, Queensland for nearly 44 years. This is the Paradigm Shift, uh, normally brought to you courtesy of Ian Kerr, who is not here. It's, uh, it's me filling in again. Uh, my name's Andrew Bartlett. Thank you to uh, Quinton and Jazz for another beautiful, lovely, wonderful, uplifting, succinct but surreal, surround sound, sumptuous edition uh, of uh, Friday Neon. Uh, I'll be here with you until one o'clock. It's nearly uh, 20 minutes past 12 already because I've been playing songs. Uh, we started out with uh, Black Deaths in Custody from uh, Kev Carmody from uh, his album Bloodlines. Uh, particularly relevant at the moment, some uh, very significant uh, developments in the last week, some obvious horrendous tragedies in terms of the killing of uh, an Aboriginal, young Aboriginal man in Ewan Damu by a police person who's now been charged with murder and uh, that's obviously got a way to run. But uh, I think the first time there's been police charged with manslaughter and other offences, but I think the first time actually a, a charge of murder mm. uh, of a police person to be done that quickly and I, I genuinely think that's happened in part because of the huge community backlash, the massive demonstrations around the country, uh, including in the Northern Territory, of course, um, Alice Springs and... Uh, Darwin and New Demu itself, uh, but also around the country. And uh, also a huge uh, thank you to everyone who came along to what was genuinely a really large demonstration, uh, rally, march, uh, solidarity gathering uh, in uh, Brisbane on Wednesday night. Uh, I think a thousand people and uh, I genuinely <laughs> have not seen a single mention of that not just not in the Courier-Mail, but Brisbane Times or anywhere. And Triple uh, Z was there. We've broadcast details about it. One example of why you need independent media. Uh, a much larger, you know, given all the slathering of uh, complaints about holding up traffic uh, from the, uh, about the uh, Extinction Rebellion folks who, uh, you know, certainly not <laughs> criticising that, but much smaller numbers of people holding up traffic for a much smaller period of time. But this was a, a thousand people basically blocking off Ram Street for more than an hour and decision not for it to be mentioned, mm. uh, which I think is interesting. Or, well, I think, it, I think it's interesting. I'll, I'll just make that personal comment. Anyway, after uh, Black Deaths in Custody by Kev Carmody, you heard from uh, Chris Knox from New Zealand, Love Got Not Given Lightly, and then Full Power Happy Hour, Endless Summer. They're all about loving the heat, clearly. They just love it. So uh, we're bringing on the heat today here on Paradigm Shift. We've got a couple of significant interviews. Uh, first up, a, a chat about uh, the situation involving Julian Assange and our local support networks that's being formed. And uh, uh, after that, uh, another chat about a significant gathering that's happening next week in regards to discussing... 
uh, where things are at with uh, refugee issues and asylum seeker policy in Australia. So we'll get on to the chats. We've had so much music and this is a political hour on the paradigm shift. Although, you know, you can shift paradigms with music as well. Um, and welcome into the studio, uh, Lucia. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Uh, part of the Julian Assange support network. That's right. It's, uh, so um, first thing, I guess, the, obviously Julian Assange has had a lot of supporters for a while in lots of sort of disparate ways, but this is a, a new congealing of people, a new organisation. Yeah, people. that's right. Um, I, I suppose what's maybe a little bit different um, for us is um, we're very much focused from a Queensland point of view. And, um, you know, Julian is a Queenslander. Um, he's from Townsville. And um, we just feel like the biggest mobilisation um, really should be here in his, in his home state. And that's kind of, I suppose, there are, diff you know, lots of different um, groups out there that are um, campaigning and advocating for him and for WikiLeaks in general and whistleblowers in, in general. Um, which which we're very supportive of as well, and people like Chelsea and Snowden and uh, but yeah, that's that's the main the main focus is sort of coming from a Queenslander uh, perspective, and um, you know we're just fellow Queenslanders that um, are sticking up for a Queensland journalist. So how did we get involved? Or why did you think? Mm. I presume you're doing this for free or not? Yeah, doing, yeah, certainly, <laughs> like certainly <everybody>. am. <laughs> How did you get involved and think, oh, okay, um, it's something that mm. I actually want to spend some time on and dedicate? Yeah, I think um, I'm, I haven't been as involved um, with WikiLeaks and um, political stuff at all um, until really around 2016, and that's when I really started paying attention to... Uh, WikiLeaks and different things and um, I suppose it was a slow I think like a lot of people um, that come into this movement um, you, a lot of people do actually have reservations doubts um, uh, we've all heard the, the smears against Julian and that affects your thinking so it that'll be the phone no worries <laughs> Um, so, yeah, for me, it was sort of a slow uh, thing and just becoming more and more aware of the project of WikiLeaks, uh, what they've done over the years for journalism, um, just the truths that they have exposed and um, all of the things that are in the public interest and... Um, yeah, um, I think a lot of it's through the internet. There's some amazing um, groups online that are supporting Julian. Um, and so I was just part, you know, I suppose I was just an, ob an observer for quite a while, just um, seeing what was going on and then um, just through a few uh, chance coincidences have met some really amazing people in Queensland that were kind of uniting over uh, this issue. So, you know, in a nutshell, you know, there's so many issues around the place and why does it matter to us, to people listening? I mean, they might think, oh, that, that sucks, feel bad for him, but yeah. why, does it, why does it actually matter to us? 
apart You mean from as, as Queenslanders or...? Or humans, yeah, Australians, yeah. whatever. Yep. It might be, I mean, you know, beyond just like, oh, sorry for that guy, but why is this such a significant issue, do you There's think? several reasons we should be really, really concerned and paying attention to this um, story or issue that's unfolding. Um, regardless of uh, whether you love or hate Julian, the precedent that is being set here is basically the lowest one that could be being set. Um, a journalist from Australia who um, is being uh, charged with crimes in a country which he's not a resident from, and on that basis it, they're attempting to extradite him to that country. And this really should be terrifying for all of us uh, in journalism and media, um, if the United States can do that, why can't other countries do that? You would have seen some of the... I mean, now that it's sort of out... You know, it was all this time when Julian Assange was in the embassy where people were going, oh, he's just hiding from the charges in Sweden, sure. etc. And, and, you know, all this stuff about the US going after him was just made up. Yeah. Uh, you know, and... Well, I was going to say the second he left, he didn't leave, he got dragged out. That's right. Um, uh, it well, was clearly shown to be true. There was a grand, secret That's grand jury... Yep. Uh, indictment against him and the US is wanting um, to extradite him. That's right. And it, that extradition details are a public. They um, are, yeah. So there's 17 charges right now. And some of those are specifically just, I should say, just, I don't know, just because mm. he's published details of what are. I don't think anyone doubts, are mm. war crimes. Yeah, so the charges are, and this is where there is some confusion, the charges are specifically uh, to do with the um, Afghan war logs that mm. um, he, he um, and Chelsea Manning released. So it's the collateral murder? Uh, that's part of it, absolutely, yeah. which, uh, you know, undeniably changed the world, was in, the, was in the public interest. I don't think anyone can deny that. A journalist actually murdered us. Correct. Not just Journalists and civilians being, being, being murdered on, on video, I mean. Mm. <laughs> so he's, he's basically being targeted for doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, he's, the charges are um, actually to do with um, espionage and conspiracy. And there is a there is a ch one charge in there that they're trying to say that Julian helped Chelsea to um, hack into um, the military um, system, um, which we've seen absolutely zero evidence uh, for that claim, but that's one of the claims in there. And our expectation is once he is, or if he does become extradited to the United States, more charges will be unsealed mm. um, because these 17 charges we're seeing now have always been there. They've just been sealed and that ex that explains that time where you're saying he's in the embassy and people are saying, just come out, just come, it's fine, stop hiding. Mm. And the whole time Julian and his lawyers were saying that, yeah, that, that he was in danger of being extradited, which is the, the sole reason he went into the embassy. He didn't go into the embassy to escape any, any allegations or um, facing the music or anything like that. He went in, in there because um, he was a political, um, you know, refugee, basically, and feared for his life. Uh, and he is facing a possible execution in the United States. So a couple of quick questions. You would have heard these before, but 
he's he's in jail now. He's not just in jail. He's in maximum security yeah. isolation. Bel- Belmarsh. Uh, yeah. For uh, uh, ever since he was dragged out of the embassy. There. That's right. Yeah. Um, is his, the, you know, initially that was because, you know, supposedly he was being imprisoned for breaking bail. That's right, yeah. That term's actually finished. That's right, yep. So he's now, does he have any charges before him at the moment? Right now, um, he has the, the charges from the United States. He has no charges in the United Kingdom. He's not serving any sentence for anything? No, he has n- he's not serving any sentence. There's no charges from anywhere except the United States. There's no charges from Sweden or anything like that. So he's being kept in a maximum security yep. jail because of an extradition request. Yeah, not just that. He's in solitary confinement. Um, he has no access to the materials that anyone needs to mount a defence in a legal proceeding. He has basically no access to his lawyers. He doesn't have a piece of paper and a pen to write on. Um, yeah. And you would have heard, I'm sure, some people say, oh, well, look, you know, the guy's dodging rape charges, etc. Mm. Um, he doesn't actually have rape charges. There Sweden. is actually... What's the go with Sweden? Yeah, no. Um, there, there actually is and never has been any rape charges and um, a lot of people might find that a, a, a bit shocking given you see it mentioned so much in every article written about him um, but that nothing ever amounted to the level of, of a charge. He was wanted for questioning by Swedish authorities um, which he was happy to uh, talk to them the whole time he was in the Ecuadorian embassy for over eight years. He was happy to talk with them. Um, They refused to send someone to the embassy to talk to him. I mean, he he, he wasn't a hard man to track down, (laughs) right? He wasn't going anywhere. So um, they finally did interview him, strangely enough, on the eve of the 2016 election. They they finally went and interviewed him and uh, decided that, there was nothing more to do and the case was was closed. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, smears out there painting a very um, different picture from the truth, you know. So tell us about this network. You've got an event coming up. We Probably do. We make, make sure we mention that one. That'd be great. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing an event uh, this month on the 27th at Parliament House and it's... Um, all the politicians welcoming you all in, warm embrace. Oh, they love us. Yeah. They love us. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, in a way it is a test for our democracy. If our democracy is robust enough, they can surely accommodate us. Surely. So people, this is a public event? Yeah, it's a public event. Um, You do need to get in touch with us and we'll confirm your attendance. Um, Just because it's at Parliament House, um, we have to know who's coming in advance. You need to present ID um, and not be... um, No slogans or badges or signs and things like that are allowed in Parliament House. You know, it's a bipartisan kind of environment, um, as I'm sure you know. (laughs) Nonpartisan. No politics. Ah, I haven't heard that one. Never I like that. Part- Non-partisan. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have that. Um, so yeah, look. Why would you have politics in Parliament? No way. <laughs> it's an interesting place, um, but you know we feel it's the right place too. Um, we really want this to. Um, I mean, that's part of our focus is um, getting motions into Parliament, um, forcing. 
uh, uh, politicians to uh, address this issue and not letting it just be uh, sort of uh, not talked about um, or swept under the carpet. Mm. And so uh, the event on the 27th is uh, really... Um, an event we're doing for um, an information night. You know, it's called Get the Facts. Yep. So people who, uh, really anyone um, who, who wants to know more and just hear um, the other side to a lot of these um, smears and narratives that we're very familiar with now, um, basically we're just asking to, to give us the chance to, to, to hear the other side of these stories, um, find out about... Um, what's happened to Julian, uh, WikiLeaks, there's going to be uh, human rights lawyers there, um, all, you know, diff- different people that, that, that we feel can, and, you know, who are, are much more um, uh, familiar with the case than, than me, for example. You so know. a bit of an in-person, ask-me-anything type there's, of session. There's going to be a, um, a panel and a Q&A at the end, and... Um, yeah, there's going to be some keynote um, speakers to begin with, but at the end we'll have a panel and open it up to the audience. And, um, yeah, we feel it's necessary to do this. So Wednesday, 27th of November, Wednesday week, what time? Um, it um, starts around uh, 6.30. And if people want to get in touch, so what your... Yeah, the best way to go is to um, qld4j, the number 4j, Com and you can find an uh, invitation there um, and you can shoot us an email to get in, get in touch express your interest and um, we'll make sure um, you can get to the event and um, everyone is most welcome from across the political spectrum. Um, we're a bipartisan group and there's quite a, a, you know, a divergent um, bunch of us that are doing this. Um, it's, it's not... A left or a right issue. It's one of the interesting things about this issue is, um, I mean, Scott Ludlam from the Greens was a very huge and vocal and effective advocate for Julian Assange. Yeah. Not not necessarily everyone else from the Greens, but yeah. and obviously he left Parliament a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Um, but some of his, I mean, we've had Barnaby Joyce, we've had George. Yeah. Christ, I mean, sorry, but George Christensen. What the hell? <laughs> um, well, that just shows, yeah. Uh, um, as well as uh, some others from the Greens in in recent times coming back out. Yeah. Again, so it's that one where it, it's sort of like the people, uh, but the the people at the core, at the heart of it all, the the cent, you know, the the ministers in the coalition and the shadow ministers in Labor, they just. They all just don't want to talk about it. And, yes. Um, and and also, uh, we need to finish soon, but, the, mm. you know, you, you'd know the, the mainstream media at the moment running all this uh, stuff about, oh, you know, the right to know and the media's got to be able to... A lot of the corporate media... I mean, some journalists have been great, but mm. some haven't. Why, Absolutely. Why, why do you think that is? Um, I think there's a few different issues there, and, and I think... Um, you know, Julian was the elephant in the room during the those. You know, when we had the pa- the front pages of all our mainstream media redacted to really, you know, show how serious the situation is. And um, of course, we completely agree. Um, but there was very little to no mention of Julian or WikiLeaks, which would seem to be the prime example um, of of what um, right to know is about. Mm. Um, I think. Um, 
I think it, it, there's a few different reasons, but I, I think for some some journalists, um, it's it's quite it's, it can seem like quite a complex issue. And I guess as a journalist, if you don't have, if you're not across an issue to a certain extent, um, I think for some people they'd rather just not write about that mm. because there are these doubts. They might feel some compassion at the same time. Um, they're not sure about these smears and, and, and this and that. And that is an effective tool at silencing people speaking up for Julian. And as I always say to people, you know, there's a reason that um, people use propaganda and, and that is because it works. It's a very effective tool and um, this is a great case study on, on propaganda, I believe. It's not that hard to smear people if you are easier than ever, probably. Yeah, no, and you've got to remember that, um, you know, the amount of um, effort and money and resources that has gone into uh, destroying Julian for what he's done with WikiLeaks is, uh, you know, just huge, millions and billions of dollars. And There's that, actually some document evidence of that released through WikiLeaks, as it happened. Yes, about the, about that's, the plans of, that's you know, another interesting thing is we've had you know, these um, really important leaks, inter you know, international leaks on different things, but we've also had the attempts to destroy WikiLeaks and destroy Julian leaked through WikiLeaks. And mm -hmm. that's an example of that would be the Stratifer emails, which are a private intelligence company, which all their emails got leaked and there's, there's all sorts of um, communications in there that are um, blood-curdling, to say the least. Right, well, we're on the paradigm shift. It's 20 minutes away from one. Um, need to wrap it up there, but thanks very much for coming in. Thanks so, so much for having me. Chair from the Support Network for Julian Assange, Julian Assange yep. Support Network. Oh, just QLD4J is the short version. QLD4J. And your event, to go the details again, is Wednesday night, 27th of November at Parliament House from 6pm. This is State Parliament House in Brisbane. That's correct, yes. Um, you got a Facebook page, all that sort of we stuff? We do, yeah. It's the same uh, spelling, just QLD number 4J, um, Facebook forward slash QLD for J. Um, and, um, yeah, any way you want to connect with us on, on social media, um, you'd be most welcome. Excellent. Thanks very much for coming along. Heaven from hell Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green field From a cold steel rail A smile from a veil Do you think you can tell Did they get you to trail Leave.
The Australian Fulbright Alumni Association invites you to attend a public forum. Frayed Lives, Threads of Hope, Brisbane responds to the global refugee crisis. Speakers, supper and audience engagement will take place in the night to find solutions that will generate positive actions. Tanzanian-born Gold Coast musician Becca Amani's exquisite voice and performance will ensure this becomes a night you will remember. Tickets at fulbrightalumni.org.au Proud sponsors of 4ZZZ. With you It's our perfect place If you try and jump the queue We'll lock you up On Manus Island Or Nauru place we're not gonna share it with you such a perfect place we just keep it hanging on we just keep it hanging on it's not such a bad place Prison Island will send you to And maybe your children too Fun in the sun 
This is our perfect place Sorry we've got no room for you And if you don't love it That means you too Yes, all of you Perfect place We're not gonna share it with you Such a perfect place We'll just keep you hanging on We'll just keep you hanging on Gonna reap just what you sow. You're gonna reap just what you sow. You're gonna reap just what you sow. Australia. Gonna reap just what you sow. On oh, my motherland, you're gonna reap just what you sow. That's David Brady, his uh, reworking of the national anthem, and uh, Lou Reed's classic Perfect Place mush together a little bit about uh, Australian attitudes towards asylum seekers and refugees. You're listening to Paradigm Shift. It's 10 minutes away from 1 o'clock and uh, should hopefully have on the phone uh, Dr Mara Adelman, uh, who's speaking at an event in uh, Brisbane uh, next week on uh, Thursday night. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. So uh, the event is specifically about refugees. It's called Frayed Lives and Threads of Hope, Australia's response to the global refugee crisis, which is happening at uh, Lavala Centre in Fernberg Road in uh, Paddington uh, from 6pm on the Thursday of next week. Uh, just tell us a little bit about it. It's probably best it comes from uh, your words. You've been, you're in Australia. You're doing, you've done a couple of these already, and Brisbane's uh, the next one on the on the list. That's right. It's the last. We've done it in Sydney, and we just did one last night in Melbourne. I did this event in Napa, California, and forwarded it to my friend Ian Butterworth, who's president of the Australian Fulbright Alumni, and he said, "Let's do it in Australia," which has been fabulous. So you've done Sydney and Melbourne already. Uh, t- t- tell us a bit about yes. the format. It's probably the key thing because often people think, oh, another forum about refugees, I'll go along and hear some speakers, which is great, but it's a, it's a bit different to that. You've got some good speakers yeah, there. Yeah, it, it really is uh, a different format. I have been working on developing what I call a salon model. It's an alternative to the Talking Heads Q&A model, which Talking Heads is basically about information giving. Whereas the salon model is about engaging the audience in reflection and a call to action, thinking about what they would do and sharing that with uh, other audience members. So the speakers are really a stimulus 
for engaging the audience. And you've got some music and some food, which is always nice as yeah. well. Oh, yes. You have to have food. It'll include, the evening will include dinner. And we have a wonderful singer-songwriter, Akak Amani, um, who kind of draws on the influence of soul and alternative folk, and he'll be uh, entertaining. He's uh, from the Gold Coast, I believe, but originally from uh, Tanzania. Tanzania, that is correct. So uh, they're producing that, and you got you got uh, another uh, uh, Faisal Magan, a, a former refugee, speaking about uh, their experience. Um, uh, That's correct. We have uh, community organizers. We have former refugees. We have lectures in school of psychology. It, it, I think people will find it to be an inspiring and informative evening, and one that I think would maybe have them think about how they might become advocates for uh, refugees. So, as someone, you're from uh, the USA, as I think I'm... Napa, California. Yep. Um, What's your perspective, I guess, before you got here about refugee policy in Australia? Although, you know, I I think my understanding of this is it's obviously about how we as local people respond, but it's about, you know, acknowledging this is a global situation but what what how would you perceive how well, do you perceive Australia's response and has that changed since you've done these couple of forums oh yes people have have really I think uh, there's a need for a certain amount of consciousness raising for people to be aware of some of the inhumanity that is going on toward refugees here in this country now mind you it's difficult for me to speak considering what's going on in our borders in Mexico um, with our current administration, it's, it's really rather appalling. So I'm very self-conscious about commenting on anything here. Uh, you're taking in, percentage-wise, far more refugees than the United States is even bothering to consider. So I'm impressed. And, and you have so many facilities. You have so many resources for them. Um, and that's impressive. So in ter- the, the approach you're taking here and, and my understanding of you know, your professional background, I mean, we're looking at, you know, not just how to change people's understanding and informing them, but perhaps how we can, you know, change community attitudes. And I, I guess, you know, the refugee issue uh, as a broad thing has been a, you know, a constant yeah. political battleground in Australia for for 20 or more years, or probably more than that, but certainly it's been red hot for 20 years. Um, and it feels, to me anyway, as something that's, that's just hit a dead end. It just goes round and round, and meanwhile all these people suffer. Do you feel uh, this type of approach of these uh, salon uh, community building conversational events is what we need to try and shift things? Well, I truly believe that every conversation matters. I feel that if we stop talking about uh, people who are refugees and the refugee crisis, uh, they truly become invisible. And my, my hope is that as people have these conversations, they will begin to see themselves as advocates. I think every conversation, whether it's in your local supermarket or whether you invite people over for dinner, for a displaced dinner, or you speak up at a town hall, Mm. I think all of these add to the visibility of refugees. 
And when we stop talking about them, we're in great danger, great danger. So the salons um, lay, the fo- lay the groundwork. But not only for talking, um, I think we're going to see a lot of action emerge. The writing of your politicians, the urging of community action, the questioning of certain behaviors, uh, the long delays in getting a seeking and getting asylum in this country. Uh, so I'm hoping that we move from uh, a conversation to a genuine action. Do you think that uh, to to get the sort of change we need that it's um, it's harder now because, you know, whether it's... I mean, everybody blames social media and I hate blaming social media, I actually blame politicians, but it, it, the, the, the nature of debate is so polarised, so uh, angry and just, you know, uh, mud pie throwing. Um, yeah. That, that this, try to cut through it via this um, this sort of approach is, is, is what's needed. Well... You know, it, it's hard. There's no question to do, to do. I mean, look at my country. You know, we're so polarized. We've perfected the act. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hardly hands across the water kumbaya. Mm. But I do not feel, I mean, there are 70.8 million people who are displaced. My sister works in the camp six months out of the year in Lesbos and in Samos. The camps were built for 3,000. There are now 16,000 refugees without adequate housing, very little food. There's no medical care. There's one doctor who's a microbiologist for 6,000. These are the conditions people are coming in from. They're in trauma. There is no post-traumatic stress syndrome. They are in. There's no post-anything. So I think it's absolutely vital. And it's vital that we support the caregivers and the people who are working with the refugees in this country. I mean, if nothing else, we can certainly lead a hand, a supportive hand, and continue to be a voice in our politics. It's perhaps trying to just make people aware that that they s- still can make a difference because I, I often find people feel on issues like this that have been going well, on for I so think, long that they well, think, we, well, we can't, there's nothing we can do, it's yes, just too hard. Absolutely. I think when we stop thinking we can make a difference, I think we're in very uh, deep waters, very deep waters. We have to, the one thing we have to believe in is that we, our voices can be heard, as difficult as it may be, and that we can take action. Excellent. So um, you've um, done the Sydney and Melbourne just last night. You'll be up here in Brisbane Thursday of next week for this one. Um, yes. Have you, have you found it? Have any, anything surprised you about it? Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I'm, I have been greatly... Um, greatly impressed with the audience reaction. I've given also several talks at, at major hospitals on communicating with refugees, um, very receptive to the ideas. Um, perhaps I think in the United States we're much more jaded, uh, a bit more arrogant. But here I found that. I have found people very open, uh, very much wanting to learn about the issues, wanting to be more effective in their work with refugees. I think there's a tremendous need on behalf, on behalf of the workers that I have met to feel supported by their community. And I, I think that's something we all can do. 
So I've been talking with Dr. Mara Edelman, who's the uh, curator, the organiser of an event happening on Thursday uh, next week at the uh, Lavala Centre, which is at uh, Fernburg Road at Paddington, uh, Thursday night from 6 to 9pm. It's uh, $15 or $10 for uh, concession, includes some food uh, and some music, uh, some speakers, but some conversation as well. Um so, uh, yeah, I hope it goes well, and thanks very much Thank for joining you. us here on 4ZZZ at the Paradigm Shift, and uh, hopefully Brisbane can give you the biggest thing of all, but this one, I, I probably to emphasise, I think it's, you, you know, it's open to anybody, people that are questioning, that might think actually, you know, we'd, we'd, the, the refugee thing worries me, we don't want them here, it's, it, it's not a just the converted coming along for a bit of a rally, it's it's attempt to encourage people to come along to ask questions and get information and give their opinions. And even the jaded people are welcome as well. <laughs> so I might even come along myself because it gets, it gets a bit jading, but uh, uh, it's glad to hear that there's still some um, energy out there in the community. Very much. Hope it goes Thank well. you. Thanks for your time. Tired of 